1: Good morning, Brew Daily Show. I am Neil Fryman, and I'm Toby Howell. Today on the show, how you can get free money if you've been zucked, and I'm gonna ask Toby some trivia questions about 420. So we'll see how well his short-term memory is holding up.
0: Then we'll check in on a CEO who just got exposed for the most tone-deaf all-hands meeting we've ever seen. Before telling you about another extremely common Taylor Swift dub, it's Thursday, 420. Let's ride. Neil, it's 420, as we mentioned at the top of the show, and currently Starship is on the launch pad as
1: we speak. It's got a launch window of 930 a.m. You're crossing your fingers. Oh, let's hope. I mean, last time, didn't it get called off within like within 10 minutes of it expecting to launch? So there's so many moving parts. Right. And obviously uh, it could go wrong at any moment and they'll call it off. But, but, come on, you know, it's Elon Musk, it's 420, let's get this Starship off the ground. I know. Biggest rocket ever, most powerful rocket ever. It's going to go in the, into space, come back into into orbit for a little bit, and then come back and splash down uh, near Hawaii, and it's taking off from Texas. So, it's got a long journey in... I think about 90 minutes ahead of it if it can get off. So let's hope let's I, I will I will have the YouTube up and I will stop the show if this thing explodes or <laughs> go, goes somewhere.
0: That's our promise to you. Um, okay, Neil. So it's only fitting to start our show on 420 with Elon. So it's like a roulette wheel at this point. We can either talk about rockets, we can talk about Twitter, but today we're actually talking about Tesla. So yesterday the EV maker reported earnings. And if I had to sum it up in one sentence, Tesla produced and sold a record amount of cars, but it did so at a lower price point than expected. That was a long sentence. So here's some specific numbers to kind of back that up. So Tesla delivered 423,000 vehicles in the first quarter. That's up 36% from the year before. They also produced almost 18,000 more vehicles than they delivered. And given that oversupply, it lowered prices by between 14 and 25%. So, this is kind of the new reality for Tesla right now. Elon said on the earnings call, we've taken a view that pushing for higher volumes in a larger fleet is the right choice here versus a lower volume in higher margins.
1: So it's in its Walmart era. A little bit. He's kind of, (laughs) he's slashing prices. The Model Y is down 29% then in mid January. So it's now for under $47,000. And the Model 3, which was uh, Tesla's first you know, inexpensive model is now below forty thousand dollars. They've done six price cuts, and I think it's good for us, right? Oh, like, are good it. for the consumers oh, for good. sure. Yes, but so investors sent the stock down maybe six percent because of this squeeze in margins. Right, and and this is a really, and I know it sounds a little business jargony, but margins are super interesting in the auto business. Tesla has massive margins in. Uh, compared to its competitors, they went down to 11.4%, a uh, roughly two year low, and it was 19.2% last year. But that is way ahead of the competition. Yeah. So, I, I mean, just to put it in perspective, Forbes' operating margin is around
0: 4%, and GM's is around 6.6%. So, this is the amount of money they're making on every rifle right. they sell. And so you can see that even though Tesla's dropped from 19 to 11, like they're still ahead of the competition. I actually did a little digging though, and I looked at which automakers have the highest operating margins. Turns out it's Ferrari yeah. and Lamborghini.
1: So Lamborghini, 25.9% because operating margin. Are those cars any more expensive to make? A little bit. Maybe they have certain materials, but but Tesla is the first sort of like mass market market. Uh, Automaker to have a pretty meaty margin, yeah. and there's a couple reasons. First of all, it doesn't market; it has right. no yeah. advertising. Crazy stat that Tesla spent less than one dollar in advertising per vehicle sold in 2020. By comparison, Ford spent 468 dollars, and Chrysler spent 664. So they're obviously buying Super Bowl commercials and getting their name out there. Um, and Tesla doesn't seem to have to do that, and they directly sell. Uh, instead of buy, they bypass dealerships as well which helps them
0: right no their their margins are tasty and then they also own their whole production supply chain like the gigafactories and whatnot Um, another big news from the earnings call is that the cybertruck is potentially coming i don't know if this is big news at this point no one saw me roll my eyes uh. but on the call elon Musk said starting in the third quarter they were going to start delivering cybertrucks this has truly been the biggest tease of all time but Third quarter seems close. I have close. no clue. You have, or do you have no... I'm not aid? thinking about it. I'm waiting till I see that on the road. I think I've been on the Cybertruck waiting list just as for, for giggles. It I is can't the ugliest it, thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it's funny. So
1: my big takeaway, just to move on from Tesla, but uh, overall, is that it used to be constrained by supply. Elon Musk would always say, we're in manufacturing hell, I'm sleeping at the factory because we can't produce enough vehicles to satisfy demand. And then now those tables have turned and there is not enough demand to satisfy all of the vehicles it's producing.
0: Yeah, they produced 18,000 more vehicles. So if we go back to early last year, they had a three-day of supply. That's kind of how they measured it in the auto industry. Right now, they're sitting at a 15-day inventory, which means they could sell 15 days' worth of of cars and still be fine. So you're totally right. We're in a
1: supply glut versus in the past, it's always been the opposite. All right, so uh, that's your Tesla story. Uh, Lower margins, more cars, less demand. And Cybertruck may be coming. And Cybertruck may be coming. All right. Moving on. Uh, Toby, can I interest you in some free money? I I love free money. Tell me. All right. Well, if you use Facebook in the past 15 years, which honestly, I am not sure I have, (laughs) I will have to check. You could be entitled to grab a slice of the company's settlement for giving data mining firm Cambridge Analytica, which we all remember, and other third parties access to its users' private information. Last December, Meta agreed to pay $725 million to settle this class action lawsuit, which was the largest class action privacy settlement ever. And the application to grab your share, Facebook users in America, is now live. Neil, when I
0: heard this news, it kind of reminded me of those commercials you see on TV for like mesothelioma. So I'm going to do it right now for you. Have you or a loved one used Facebook in the last 10 years? No. Do you have dreams of getting zucked by Mark Zuckerberg? Then you may be eligible for your part of a $725 million settlement
1: cute kudos yeah, i'm going to sign up right now i know that got me thank you to our audio team I feel bro, like I was, for, for I, making that music I feel like for i was us. watching it at 1 a.m <laughs> yeah. just like in a days after 4:20. all music. right so you actually just filled out this application take us through the process
0: I literally this morning i was like might as well do our due diligence yeah. here it was so incredibly easy first of all shout out to uh apple's autofill feature because mm. you have to fill out all your personal information your address one button filled it all out for me. And this was I thought the coolest part. In order to actually receive the settlement, they gave you a bunch of payment options. Venmo was on there. So I literally just put in my phone number for Venmo. And I guess in the next year or whenever they pay it out, long time. I'll get some sort of Venmo from Facebook or from Meta, which is honestly that felt like very 20th century to me. Yeah. Like 21st
1: century, very modern way of of actually like Taking a part of the settlement. All right, so let's run some numbers to see, to figure out how much we can expect and how much you can expect. Who's the guy on M- MSNBC, mbc MB- with the khakis? I felt like him. <laughs> Jim Kramer? No. no, the guy who does the election stuff. Oh, oh, oh gotcha. I, I forget his name. I'm yeah. just like blanking right now. It's 420. Anyway, so fi- let's say you can claim 50% of the total pot of the 725 million because. Lawyers get 20 for 25%. Let's so. not
0: gloss over that. Lawyers get 25% <laughs> yeah, okay.
1: of this. Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, we're in the l- wrong line of business. So we, we're left with 363 million conservatively. So how many people will claim? That's really important. Facebook had 266 million monthly users in Canada in the U.S. So you have to be in the U.S. to claim. So let's just put that at 220 million users conservatively again. An FTC study from 2019 found that a median of 9% of eligible consumers filed claims in lawsuits. So that's roughly 20 million people right there filing. So if 20 million people claim, then you are about to get $18 to your Venmo. Let's go.
0: (laughs) I was hoping that number was going to be a lot bigger at the end.
1: Please check my math, everyone. Uh, But yeah, $18 for your Venmo, uh, but not anytime soon. This takes a long time to process, I would expect, in the next uh, few years or so. Nine.
0: Okay, so it's 9% typically claim yeah. in these big lawsuits? Yeah. Interesting. Okay, I'm
1: part of the 9%, baby. Let's go. But there was, do you remember the, there was Equifax, which is a yeah. credit reporting agency that had a very similar settlement uh, because it got hacked. It had to pay up to $700 million to people who used Equifax. People filed claims thinking they were going to get 125 and then it ended up being around $25. <laughs> so this is kind of in the same ballpark. All right, so don't have high expectations for this. I hope to see that Venmo, Mark, if you're listening.
0: What, talk, do they, do talk, come? For- from now toss me a little extra okay a little something <laughs> on the top okay neil uh we had a new villain pop up on the internet this week andy owen the ceo of furniture conglomerate conglomerate miller knoll went viral on tuesday with a 90 second clip of her telling employees to stop worrying about whether or not they would get bonuses and here's the big quotable line to leave pity city so we actually have a clip from her speech that will play for you now
1: Lead. Lead by example. Treat people well. Talk to them. Be kind and get after it. Don't ask about what are we going to do if we don't get a bonus. Get the damn $26 million. Spend your time and your effort thinking about the $26 million we need and not thinking about what you're going to do if we don't get a bonus. All right? Can I get some commitment for that? I would appreciate that. I had an old boss who said to me one time, you can visit Pity City, but you can't live there. So people, leave Pity City. Let's get it done. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, she started off calm and then got and then the frustrations boiled over. And then this was just a train wreck. Like, there was too much momentum to stop it. I know. This was
0: a really, really tough look for her because here's the kicker, is that she's telling people to stop worrying about if they got their bonuses. So, of course, people did their homework. She took in a nearly $4 bonus herself last year. So it's truly, like, one of those tone-deaf moments of a CEO saying, like, don't worry. Work harder while
1: they are raking in some some big bucks. Yeah, we've seen that a lot recently, uh, and it always hits a nerve uh, in these you know in s- uncertain economic times. People are getting laid off, mm. They're not getting their you know paychecks as high as th- they once were. Inflation is kicking in, and for some reason, well, not for some reason, but there's Zoom now, and people are recording. So maybe bosses have been doing this for the past you know yeah. forever, and now we we see it. They're posting dumb things on LinkedIn that show they're not out of they're not in touch with you know the real people lives like this one guy the ceo of hyper Social, who posted on linkedin he was laying off people and he posted a picture of him crying <laughs> as if we should feel bad for him yeah. so there is this obviously this huge you know vibe that bosses they're not like us and all these more the more videos that come out only seem to yeah confirm that
0: although i will say I do feel bad because this was taken out of a 75-minute call. This was a 90-second clip. And apparently the way that the bonus structure works at this company is that you don't get the bonus unless you hit the the sales goal. So it was $26 million. So by her saying stop worrying about whether we'll get bonuses or not, which is basically like – it, of course we won't get bonuses unless we yeah. hit this goal. So, again, I know no one wants to have that take, but I could see where she's coming from.
1: Yeah, again, it's just uh, this is going into a future management case study of how yeah. not to motivate people. Right, right. Right, like you could do this one-on-one. She said that her manager told her to not get, to get out of Pity City, and that is, like, a reasonable thing for your manager or mentor to say to you. Yeah. To be like, you know, come on, like, snap out of it, man. (laughs) But um, like, your coach would say something like that to you, and you might respond positively. But in that setting, uh, it just was not the right thing to say. Clearly, she did apologize. We should. She did. She did apologize.
0: Um, Okay, Neil. Before we jump into our next story, we're gonna take a quick break.
1: OK, let's move on to Neil's numbers are another alliterative segment because we can't think of any of the any other ideas. And I share three numbers with Toby and you all that are quite interesting that I read in the news. So let's start off. First number is forty nine. So a guy named Adam Faze. Is that how you pronounce it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> FaZe Clan. A guy named Adam FaZe made a curious discovery on Spotify this week. He posted on social media that he found 49 versions of the same song. They had different artist names and different titles, but they were the exa- same exact 53 second song. And other people have since posted showing they found more instances of the same song but different name thing going on on Spotify and other music platforms. It's been known for a while that Spotify has a fake artist problem. It seems that some musicians are taking advantage of the growing trend of mood music. So, where listeners are putting around background music playlists for work, sleep, exercise, whatever, and if you game the system to get on these mood music playlists, you can rack up streams and make money. Yeah. That seems
0: it doesn't on. even have to be that good. That's kind of the thing. Yeah, like It can just be noises, basically, because it's just in the background, yeah. I've definitely been on those playlists where you just hear a random, like, 42-second clip of, like, it's not even good. It's, like, sound waves or something yeah. like that. And then, also, we got to mention AI in this debate, too, because... With the rise of AI music, I feel like we're gonna only talk about this more with people just flooding the platform with really easy to make
1: AI songs. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of our. It kind of reminded me of our conversation about virtual brands on Uber. Yeah, we're, right. So Uber Eats had all of these, all of these brands, all of these restaurants with the exact same menu, just, just to like drive traffic. Just to, rebranded. Yeah, under different. Just names. to get a- as much real estate as possible. So we're seeing these completely take over platforms. All right. We got to do a stat for 420. Americans spent more on legal marijuana products last year than chocolate and craft beer combined. This was very <laughs> surprising to me. I was going to ask. My, my question was, are you surprised? It sounds like it is. I
0: am surprised because I would have thought that, I mean, chocolate, if you think about just the holidays alone, yeah. which is like Valentine's Day, um... I what else? <laughs> I guess it's only Valentine's Day. Easter, oh no, Halloween? no, Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Like I would thought those two alone would absolutely dominate. I know, but people, people
1: eat gummies every day.
0: I know. I guess. I mean, walking down the street, we see a, a bodega yeah. selling weed. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, this was exactly what people were saying when they promised that like tax revenue would go up from legalized marijuana. So clearly we're seeing that it's,
1: it's selling pretty well. The reason I was uh, surprised was that there's, this only represents a fraction of the total cannabis market. Right. So it's only as of 2021 legal sales of which there were 30 billion only accounted for 25% of the total cannabis market. Wow. Uh, according to estimates and New York, uh, New York plus 21, 21 States total plus the district of Columbia, have now legalized marijuana for recreational use, so you can kind of get it in
0: Big market. almost
1: half, sta- half of states in the United States. All right, the third stat, uh, on April 5th, there were 13 AAA minor league games, and 11 of them drew more fans than the attendance for the professional team, the Oakland Athletics, who drew 3,400 people that day. I think their stadium fits 50,000, so it's kind of a ghost town. Four of the AAA games more than doubled the Oakland Athletics attendance, the reason I'm bringing this up is because the A's look like they're going to be leave, leaving Oakland uh, this morning. The team signed an agreement to buy land in a new stadium in where else? Las Vegas. Las Vegas, and hope to move there by 2027. This is
0: so sad because I'm sure many people have been on Moneyball TikTok recently where we're just re-watching clips from Moneyball, and that is such a good movie, and it, and it makes everyone deep down like a little bit of an Oakland A's fan, and so it is truly sad to see that – I guess the Moneyball era hasn't panned out like Billy Bean expected, and it's just not—no one's watching.
1: No, one, Well, no one's watching, but the fans are saying it's not our fault. We're not going to watch this team, which is objectively maybe worse than most minor league teams Yeah, because right. they haven't spent any money together. Two pitchers, Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, make more than the entire A's roster. Uh, Moneyball, baby. <laughs> if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But we should so. talk about Vegas growing as a sports destination. They have three— professional teams now, the Knights in the NHL, the Raiders in the NFL, and the uh, Aces in the WNBA, they're about to get an MLB team, and you know an NBA team has to be coming. Yeah,
0: Uh, MLS? Anybody? Yeah. When's it coming? Yeah,
1: Vegas, so hot right now.
0: Okay, Neil, Taylor Swift is back in the news once again for pulling off yet another legendary move. So we all remember FTX, right? The crypto exchange that was tossing around customer funds like it was nothing. And founded by the apparent boy genius, Sam Bankman-Fried. Well, back in its heyday of literally about a year, two years ago, FTX was shelling out the big bucks on celebrity endorsement deals. So we're talking about deals with Larry David, Shaq, Steph Curry, Tom Brady, really, really A-list celebrities and athletes. So apparently Taylor Swift was also one of the people approached by FTX to endorse the company. They offered her a three-year a hundred million dollar deal, a hundred million, Neil. Like it's, it's not nothing. <laughs> I heard you, and you know what she said can you tell me that these are not unregistered securities? And so this is a big question to ask, and we'll get into that. But Adam Moskowitz, which is a lawyer who is involved in a lawsuit suing FTX right now, said that in their findings,
1: Taylor Swift was literally the only person who asked that question before
0: signing the deal.
1: And then she obviously did not get an answer she liked and turned it down and is now escaping this entire mess. They're being sued for $5 billion. This is not nothing. And this lawyer- I don't know. Who's going on podcasts, like, as a lawyer? Honestly, like, when you got a soundbite as juicy as that, like, I don't blame him for that at all. He's giving me what's-his-name vibes, the Stormy Daniels guy. No, I shouldn't say that because he's now in jail. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Tell us why why unregistered securities are important. Right. So
0: there's been this huge debate in the crypto industry about around securities. So I'll just quickly define what a security is, and this is a very technical definition, but it's a fungible negotiable financial instrument that holds some type of monetary value. So in common language, basically a security is a can be a stock or a bond that you own, and those things are under jurisdiction by the sec and so the sec has been at war with crypto exchanges because they think that some of the tokens traded on these firms are securities because they're looking at them and saying like look at the definition of security these things have value allegedly you can trade them which is again part of the definition so how is this not under our jurisdiction but then crypto companies are like No, 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 no. These definitions were made in literally 1933, 1934. They weren't built for a world in which cryptocurrencies exist. Like, please update the legislation to better reflect, like, the current environment, the current uh, fact that the blockchain is this ledger. So there is this huge tension between the two. And so Taylor Swift clued in, on this discussion and ask the question.
1: Because individuals can be held liable for promoting unregistered securities, which is what Tom Brady and Steph Curry and Larry David all allegedly did. For sure, yeah. And Shaq. The funniest part about all of this is (laughs) that they they couldn't serve Shaq the legal papers because he was apparently avoiding them for months and they waited outside TNT Studios in Atlanta. And they finally, I think last week, they finally served him his papers. So funny that you can't track down Shaq. Can't track, he's a small guy. I once saw Shaq's pickup truck in a Boston parking lot when he played for the Celtics. It is like a pickup truck slash trailer. (laughs) (laughs) Semi-truck. It's like Shaq-mobile. Hell yeah. Okay, let's do some 420 trivia. We usually go to trivia. We didn't go last night, so we gotta push it over to the podcast today. We all know April 20th for being a celebration of marijuana, but a lot of other notable events have happened on this day in history. So I'm gonna give you some questions about 420 in history. All right, number 1. In 2010, an explosion on an oil rig in the Gulf of Mexico resulted in the largest marine oil spill in history. What was that rig called? Horizon. There that's one of the word.
0: Horizon, (laughs) Horizon something Exxon, Exxon Horizon. (laughs)
1: No, Deepwater Horizon. Deepwater Horizon. I was gonna be like, where is it? Where's Horizon in Deepwater Horizon? Wasn't there a movie about that? Yeah, there was with Mark Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg. (laughs) Classic. All right, I'll give you fifty percent on that. I'll take it. Second question: This race car driver became the first woman to win an IndyCar event with her victory at the Indy Japan Three Hundred. I think that was in two thousand eight. Danica. Danica Patrick. Patrick.
0: That that was on four twenty.
1: Yeah. oh (laughs) <laughs> the more you know. No. On the more you know. It's a random day. Yeah. All right, so you have 1.5 out of 2 right now. Two iconic baseball stadiums opened on April 20th, 1912. Fenway Park in Boston and Navin Field in this US city. Oh man. I, I don't re- I don't recognize the name, but I'll tell gonna... you what it was later known as Tiger Stadium. Uh, okay, so Chicago. No. Oh, Detroit. Detroit. <laughs> Detroit. Sorry. <laughs> I'm only taking your first. I no no no. I meant Detroit. I was thinking Detroit. It's right. good trivia though. Yeah. Uh, the same day in nineteen twelve, pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, and the Tiger Stadium closed in twenty in nineteen ninety nine, so it had a pretty long run. Obviously, Fenway is still around. Your fourth question: Four twenty is called UN Chinese Language Day because it's one of six official languages that is recognized by the UN. What are the other five? Oh, okay, English. Yep. Spanish. Yep. Oh. Italian. Nope. Damn
0: it. <laughs> French. Yep. Okay. Uh, Japanese
1: nope dang it give me give me some Middle uh, East oh Arabic yep how many am I at? do I have one more yeah oh, man, there's I'm, one country like that's on the National Security Council that people are like Russian yeah Russian yeah okay so it's Russian, was, English, Spanish, French, Arabic, along with Chinese. Damn, Italians. Which got I think screwed. Chinese is not a language. There's Mandarin. Mandarin, and... Mandarin. Yeah, interesting. Your last question. You're doing really well. I'm actually very impressed. During the height of the COVID pandemic in 2020, oil prices did what for the first time in history on 420? I mean, they either went down or up. So I'm going to say down. They went down for the first time in history. Well, I don't know on 420. Yeah, what happened on 420, 2020? I mean, there's some. There's like an actual answer. They did this for the first time. Yes, and it's not moving up or down. It, it is. A I don't know what else. Function. Oil, oil price is a function of moving down. OK. Oh, drop below 100 for the first time. Drop below zero. Oh, below zero. It went negative for the first time. So people were paying people to take oil off their hands because uh, yeah. there was no movement and energy use went to you know zero. So uh, people were paying you were like, I have all this oil. You remember that?
0: I, that's so bad of me because I was I was covering these stories at the time. That's tough. went down.
1: Uh, anyway, great job. I, I, you know, I'll give you like a 60% on that. It was a hard curve. I hope everyone also enjoyed playing at home. Uh, happy 420, everyone. And I hope this starship blasts off. We're about to race out of the studio to T find minus out. five minutes. Yeah. T-minus five minutes. Uh, you can always reach us at Morning Brew Daily at morningbrew.com. With any thoughts or questions, let's roll these credits. Show's producer and editor is Emily Milliron. Our technical director is Yuchenna Waogu. Our supervising producer is Bryce Beloff. Nala Nadugga and Raymond Liu are associate producers. Hair and Makeup bought a house in Pity City and isn't come back. Devin Emery is our chief content officer. Our show is a production of Morning Brew. Great show today, Neil. Let's run it back tomorrow.